Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. We are going deep today into the habits, the habits of highly effective salespeople. Our guest host has left the building. Oh, wait, is he coming back? There he is. <laughs> it's my buddy, Dan Rashawn, CPI coaching, consistent, predictable income. Um, Dan, I've been excited about this one for a while because we haven't had you here in a long time, have we? It's been forever, Jesse. It's good to see you. It's been, it's been way too long. And when you say the seven habits of top salespeople, that's our topic for today. By the way, uh, for those of you who weren't here live on the Zoom, um, we were playing some fun music to get us going before we get started. I was dancing myself. Um, do you speak Spanish, Dan? Uh, no. I'm just going to say that just no. I was going to be, I was going to think of something cheeky to say, like, in the limited, you know, when I was, uh, when I worked in restaurants, I would, uh, used to be a manager and I'd have to ask the bus boys, uh, necesito basura, por favor, which meant, uh, can you help me empty the trash? Uh, you know, so it's about the best I could get. We, we were playing songs in Spanish. And so I thought maybe there was some tie in. I didn't know about those. We're just having fun Latin flavor this morning. All right, well, let's dive in. I am sitting in a hotel room. So my Wi-Fi seems to be pretty solid, but, um, if I disappear, this is your show. You can run with it, Dan, but I'm going to, I'll be here to bounce back and forth, whatever you need. But if you don't know Dan, by the way, guys, check out, he's got a Facebook group. He's got a book. Normally his book actually sits on my desk. His book is fantastic. It's all about creating consistent, predictable income. Um, but today he's going to train on the seven habits of top salespeople. So you take it from wherever you want to start, Dan. All right, cool. Well, I want to say welcome everybody. Anna Marie, Andrew, Autumn, Zach, Rena, Ryan, Jason, Craig, Jesse, Dan. And I know there's more to, I wanted to get that out before uh, everybody else joined us because, because uh, then it would just, uh, you know, be forever me going through uh, welcoming everybody. Uh, so my name's Dan Roshan. And today I'm going to talk to you about the seven habits of successful salespeople. And I also want to talk to you about the habits of the less than successful salespeople. And, you know, some of the things that get into our way and, and, and create, um, less than advantageous outcomes. And um, I'm happy to have this as interactive as you guys would like. So feel free to uh, chime in, you know, type in, raise your hand, whatever, whatever's appropriate, because I love to be able to interact with you. So um, one of the things that I've noticed in um, just a little short background about myself is I've been selling homes since 2007. And ever since early 2008, I have not had a single month with zero closings. So my business has been consistent, it's been predictable, and it's been an average of 10 closings every single month. And that's one of the things that I'm most proud of in my business is that, you know, for a very long period of time that there's been closings. Hold on, Dan. So you're proud of the fact that there's no, that you didn't have any zero months, but no like, goose eggs, but, but you just dropped in there really casually that you sell 10 homes a month. I just want like, you're so like, you're so just like, this is what I do. Dan is so just like, but I'd be really excited to say I close 10 deals every month. Every, like, that's a lot of homes guys. On, those of you on camera, I can't see all of you this morning. And by the way, if you're not on camera, Dan likes talking to real human beings. So anyone who's on zoom, if you can turn your camera on, if you want to hang out with us, hang out with us and Reed Craig, raise your hand. Um, if, thank you, Jason, for your camera on, right? How many of you guys would be thrilled to close 10 deals each and every month consistently for year after year after year? Raise your hand, right? Like, 
Absolutely. All right. That's I'm I'm just proud of Dan. I'm proud to know you. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. Thank you. Um, and so what I've noticed throughout my years of selling is that there's there's consistency of actions that get in our way as agents that sort of just like screw us up. Okay. So I want to start with what basically not to do, which is the uh, you know, which is the the habits that uh, don't serve us. And then we'll talk about the habits that do serve us. Is that okay with you guys? All right, fantastic. So I was talking to my sales team this morning and um, we were talking about uh, about the blah. And so I would just sort of categorize the, the, the activities that get in our way is the blah. And so that's the million and one things that a real estate agent needs to do. Okay, so when you look at what does a real estate agent, what, what produces income? For a real estate agent, there's five activities that I've identified, and I've coined that as CPI time, consistent predictable income time. So those five activities, uh, this isn't a part of the seven habits, but well, one of these is, but we'll get there in a second. But those five activities are to lead generate, to convert the leads to an appointment, to attend the appointment for the purpose of getting hired, negotiate, inscription role play. So if we understand that those five activities are the money-making activities of a real estate agent's sales business that creates success, then anything that's outside of those five, I would consider blah. So what I see a lot of agents, um, when you look at uh, habits that don't serve them, is that they, they let chaos get in the way. They allow for people and tasks and email and other distractions to get in the way. They're not able to prioritize, understanding to say, if these five activities make me money, again, lead generate, lead conversion, go on an appointment to get hired, negotiate and scripts and role play. If that CPI time makes me money, then everything else being that blah would be getting in the way of producing money. Okay. They, um, they often sometimes wait until later to take action. Uh, I was coaching an agent yesterday and that agent said um, she was having a challenge staying in, in her, in her box of five. And she says, and I asked her, I said, I'll, I'll give you the example. So she had said that she was going to go on 10 face to faces with for sale by owners each week. Over the past two weeks, the last week she went on three and the week before she went on four. And so I asked her the question to say, okay, should we adjust your goal, the outcome by of, of what you're going to produce this year? Should we adjust that to 35%? Or should we take a look at the activity? Because that's the, the lead generation activity. Okay. And we chose to look at the lead generation activity. And what we found was that everything that was getting in the way of that lead generation activity, guess what it was? It was the blah, okay? Yet, if she can, when she goes on two face-to-faces every single day, we know what the results are gonna be. We already know what those results are gonna be. So, so these are some of the things that get in the way of us having our success. I'd love to hear from you guys, what, be, what is it that I've not shared with you that you think may get into age and success of having you know, of achieving their goals. And this may not be you personally, it could be, but it doesn't have to be. What do you think might get in our way?
Hmm. We need some we need some input from the crowd here. Jason, Anne Marie, Craig. <clears throat> we got a bunch of people not on camera, by the way. Ryan, Jason, Patrick, Taylor. We got a couple of Jason. We got two Jasons. One of the Jasons must be able to type it in the box, guys. I'll read it off. If you're by the way, Dan, we separated our audience since the last time you were here. So we got people on Zoom. We got people watching live on the Facebook group. Hello, Facebook group. We got we got podcast people listening to this in like October of 2027. There's people listening to this podcast right now. All right, wait a second, Jesse. I want to ask them who's going to win the Super Bowl this this uh, this year. All right, can tell me who's going to win the Super Bowl. I need I need that input. All right, cool. Anne Marie, did you want did you come off mute? Did you get you got to chime in here? Yeah. Um, so something that gets in the way you're saying of these five. What, what about gets in the way? Of, yes. What gets in the way of our success as a real estate agent? Um, our mindsets. Mindsets. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. Or procrastination. Putting it Procrast- off. Yeah. Wait until tomorrow to act. Our mindset. Absolutely, Emery. Great, great input. I'm going to talk more about those here in a second when I talk about the positive thing. I'd love to hear from one more person before I move on into the habits that serve us. Who else has something besides mindset, besides procrastination? Jesse, what you got? Rabbit holes. What? Rabbit holes. Hold on. I'll be right back. <sighs> Rabbit right. holes. Yes. Yes. Craig's got something too. Go ahead, Craig. Jason says oh, wow. egos. I was just going to say the the feel good the feel good work. You know, we do so many things that make us feel good that are, have absolutely no productivity, nothing towards the bottom line. And I mean, I even find myself getting that in that rabbit hole, if you will. But there's so many agents out there that'll go to four brokers opens, and you know, a luncheon. I mean, and they they you know they work ten hours, but they did zero. Yeah, Wait, but Craig, come on, there's pizza. There's pizza. Come on, man. <laughs> Fake work. <laughs> Fake work. Yeah. Spinning their wheels, doing everything that's outside these five activities, thinking that they are producing results. And brokers opens. I love that. That's a great. But but the, you know what? <laughs> if they got the chicken biscuits, then maybe I got to go to that brokers open. Just saying. Emery, what were you going to share? All right. So let's talk about the activities. So let me put it into a box of here's the seven activities. So I gave you the five activities of CPI time. Now, here's the seven things that I've noticed, the seven habits that I've noticed that the top people, because there are top people in our industry, and what do they do differently than the ones that are not the top producers? Well, here's what I came up with. Number one, they lead generate daily. So now that is daily, or at least five days a week. And... What I've noticed is that it's more it's more advantageous to lead generate one hour a day, five days a week, than sporadically three or five hours a day. So what the top producers do is they find a way to every single day, that's the one thing I'm going to do without fail, no matter what. That comes first. And I'm going to make a recommendation to you to consider that even if it's one hour rather than you know, um, then say, I'm going to just do what I can do or something's going to get in my way for this, this morning, something got in the way of my lead generation and it was good activity. I had a listing uh, consult on, um, on video right before this conversation. And before that, this morning, I was, uh, talking to, a um, a pricing conversation about a property that's going to go on the market later this afternoon. Those were activities that were, were definitely worthy of my time yet. They weren't lead generation. Those two activities happened during that time. 
that typically I would lead generate. So guess what's going to happen? When I'm done with this conversation, guess what my job is? I'm going to spend the next hour after this, and I'm going to go through my folders over, sitting on my desk over there, and I'm going to call to find out who the next person that I'm going to have the opportunity to serve will be. All right. So if you, if you have to get something that is a worthy priority and the two that I mentioned to you that got in my way of my lead generation today were both worthy, in my opinion, I had to do those. They were good use of my time, but I wasn't going to go get the chicken biscuits. Just so you guys know. All right. So number one is lead generate daily. Number two is the time block. I just gave you an example of time blocking. They do the most, the most important activity in the morning. And if they have to replace it, if they have to replace it then, or, or remove it, they have to replace it, okay? So if, if something is more pressing comes up, make sure that you replace it. Number three is they intend to provide massive value. They come from contribution. The fourth habit that I've noticed is they ask for referrals consistently. That when's the best time to ask for a referral? Now, Jesse says now. I no. got a good answer for what's you, that. You, you got a better answer. What's what's the real answer? What's the best time to ask for a referral? When you do something good, I I, I want to I want you to consider that your pal. How long, how much time do we have? By the way, Jesse, uh, this one wraps up at about ten thirty p.m. So you got I don't know twelve fourteen hours. No, awesome. we we got we got about fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. Awesome. awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I wasn't sure if it was fifteen minutes. I needed to wrap up now because I'd have to start talking really fast. All right. So, uh, all right. So when's the best time to ask for a referral? I want you to consider yourself as though if you're Pavlov's dog and what I mean by that, who knows Pavlov's dog, that analogy, if you ring the bell, they, or they do something, I think they salivate or bark or something. And so anyways, so when somebody says to you, thank you, you should, and you should without fail, what should come out of your mouth should be you're welcome. And oh, by the way, who else do you know that's in the market to buy a home or sell a house or invest in real estate that's looking for an agent like me that will be able to provide them the same level of service? Maybe somebody from your church or somebody in your family or somebody that you work with. Who comes to mind? Now, is that a different answer than what is the typical answer when somebody says thank you? Yes. <laughs> no problem. And I love that answer, Dan. And I don't know if you made that up or if it came from someone else or wherever it came from, but I've never considered that context because of the psychology of reciprocation. Mm -hmm. Right. And most agents don't ask for referrals because they don't want to feel pushy or scummy or icky or whatever word, but it's so natural in the flow of you just did something nice for them. Right. And you didn't do something nice because you wanted the referral, but that you just did it because you're you. Is that how you do nice things for people? But it's just the perfect time to, to, to bring it in there. And as long as you have that in your mind, what do you think about that? It, will anybody have a concern of, well, they're just going to think I'm I'm doing this nice thing so I can ask for a referral? Do, do, do we worry about that? I hope you don't. And I hope that you actually don't do the nice thing to get to, to be able to ask for the referral. I think I, my intention is that you do the nice thing because it's the right thing to do. My intention is you go back to providing massive value. So um, framework is in a sense that it, one leads to the other, right? So, so, so habit number three was provide massive value. 
when you provide an asset value, then you're going to position yourself to be able to ask for referrals consistently. Because when you're providing massive value, what's the natural thing for somebody to say to you? Thank you. And I want to make certain that we can remove that. Na- the, 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 the thing that most people do is when somebody says thank you, is they respond with something, some version of no problem. And so when you respond with some version of no problem, you want is you, you miss the opportunity of, of the law of reciprocity. Dr. Cialdini teaches the law of reciprocity. If, of, uh, uh, if you haven't read that book, uh, Persuasion, uh, and there's another one that I'm blanking on the second book that he wrote, but Influence. you know what was it? Influence. Influence. Yeah. And uh, I, I recommend that you read that uh, those books uh, because it will expand on what we're talking about now is, is one of his concepts of uh, reciprocity is when you give something to somebody, they're naturally going to be inclined to give something back. All right. So it just naturally flows. The next habit that I see top producers do is start early. Now, once upon a time, I owned a rather real, uh, a rather large real estate brokerage. And I recall early on in my broker owner role, speaking with some agents who fought me on this concept. And at the time, candidly, I was um, not as a uh, skilled influencer or skilled at being able to communicate with them in a manner that would serve them best for them to maybe look at this a different way, to maybe think about this a different way. But what I remember the conversation being, but Dan, I like to sleep in late and I get all my work done at, uh, you know, if I wake up at 1030 and and I go to work at 11 a.m., what's the difference than if I start at 530 and wake up at 530 and go to work at 9 a.m. or 830 a.m.? Like, really, it's no difference. I'm, I'm doing the same thing. Okay. They're out of business now. Right. Fast forward. Okay. So, so fortunately today, now I have, you know, the ability to then observe what's the outcome of that. Okay. Because I can recall having that conversation about 13 years ago with two agents in the bullpen of our, of our old office and not being effective at being able to communicate with them what the benefit of starting early would provide for them. And within 18 months after that conversation, both were out of business. Now that's not a judgmental uh, perspective. That's just a, Hey, this is just, it's just a what's up. All right. What I've also noticed if I noticed some, some friends of mine throughout the years that are super productive you know, Jesse acknowledged me for, you know, closing 10, a 10 a month. There ain't nothing in the circles that I run in. <laughs> I'm small fish, small, small fish. Right. I mean, it's, it's all, you know, it is what it is. Right. Um, but they all start early. The top producers, every single one that I know starts early, everyone, everyone. Anna Marie, you mentioned earlier, this is habit number six, having the right mindset. Okay, so when I was asking about some things that get in our way, not having the right right mindset was was one of those things. What does the right mindset mean to you guys? What are your thoughts on that? 
So what is the right mindset? If, if the top producers have the right mindset, what, is, what does that mean? Someone else answer besides me. Uh, detaching yourself from the outcome, begin with the end in mind type of thing. Yeah, I love that, Anne-Marie. I say that uh, same thing. I say it differently. Let me see if what, the way I say it resonates with you. I say they're committed to the result. They're not attached to it. Yeah. Okay. I had a, um, a, a nasty email to me last night and, you know, my, my, my monkey brain goes into, you know, like that, uh, you know, Neanderthal. And my initial thing was uh, I want to look up to see how much production this guy does. I'll be honest. I'll admit it. That's what I wanted to do initially. Then my mature brain came in and says, you know what? Here's the thing. They're either crushing it and you're going to find out. Now you're going to feel bad about yourself. Or more likely, they're doing nothing, and now you're going to feel that it's going to feed your ego. I don't like either one of those outcomes, right? Neither one of those outcomes uh, serve me, right? So instead of like taking more than four seconds to contemplate a nasty remark towards me, I just sit archive and went on to the next, right? Because neither of those uh, options would have served me. What else do you guys think? What would you define as having the right mindset? Jason, Craig, what are your thoughts? Or even the opposite, what's the bad mindset? I, I mean, just basic, just positivity, a positive mindset. It's so easy to get going down that negativity warp. Positive mindset. I love that, Craig. Jason, what were you going to share? Um, yeah, it's just get off the sidelines and just literally just doing the daily tasks. I don't know. It's like, uh, sometimes mindset can be, um, yeah, I, I guess obviously a negative thing, but just getting off the sidelines and doing it. So just take action. Yeah. Yeah. Just take action. But, and before you take action, what's the action we're going to take? The action we're going to take. So be within one of these five ca categories. That's what I recommend. Now you have a choice. You take whatever action you want to take, right? We can go to that broker's open house and probably once in a while, that's probably beneficial, right? We, we want to know what's going on in the marketplace, et cetera. But that comes second, in my opinion, in my strong opinion. What comes first is the activities that's going to drive a business. Here's my definition of having the right mindset. My def definition of having the right mindset is to, to be willing to take ultimate responsibility. And so what does that mean? Most people are willing to take personal responsibility. Most people, if I, if I was Jesse and I invited Dan to come on and be my co-host and, and I said to Dan, say, okay, hey, look, be here at this time. And Dan did not show up. Most people would say, my goodness, I did what I was supposed to do and Dan screwed me over. All right. But I know what Jesse would say. He, he may say that too, and that would be appropriate. Right. But, but, but he would take that a, a step further where he would sit there instead. He would say, huh, what did I do that created that to happen? What could I have done differently to make sure that that, that the unintended uh, result in this case, a consequence, the unintended result, what could I have done differently so that that did not occur? 
I know that that's what Jesse would have thought initially. And then he would have been like, I do screw me over, screw him. Nope. <laughs> Jesse, is that accurate the way you would have thought about that? hundred percent. I wouldn't have even thought you screwed us yeah, over. I, 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 I would think there's something wrong with our system. How do we fix it and make it better for next time? I would take full responsibility. And, and I learned this concept in a book called Extreme Ownership. Yeah, Jocko right? Wilnick. Yeah, if you've read Extreme Ownership, which is an entire book about this idea, but you just presented it. That was the best I've ever seen that concept presented in like a minute and a half, guys. I hope you are taking this in. It's really powerful. If you could learn one thing out of the last 30 minutes, this might be the one concept that will shift everything for you. So take ultimate responsibility. Whatever the outcome is, look internal first. Because when you're able to look internal first, that's where you can create different results. Because let's say that Jesse was not one to take ultimate responsibility. He did say, and I was being cheeky. I know you wouldn't think that about me, right? But let's say he didn't take ultimate responsibility, which he would. And if that was the case, does Jesse improve the results for the future? No, the only thing that happens in that circumstance is that Jesse gets to be right and Dan gets to be wrong in that example. That's all. And is that, yeah, Blaine, exactly. That's the only thing that happens in that case. Now, does that serve anybody? All right. Habit number seven. Habit number seven may surprise you. And again, this is from me really like I've done a Here's the thing. Jesse mentioned to you, uh, real estate evolution is 279 page document right here of 15 years of study of our industry. Okay, this isn't just my study, by the way. I mean, the appendix alone is like 15 pages. So one of the things that I've noticed of a habit that the top producers take, again, without fail, this may surprise you, is they, they plan for breaks. They plan for time off. And they take time off. It's a little bit counterintuitive, at least from my perspective, where you would think, okay, the harder I work, the more I work, the more I get. And there may be, you know, yes, you have to work hard. Yes, you have to take action. Yes, you have to do all that. Yet, if you're not taking the time to rejuvenate, if you're not taking the time to think, to plan, to be able to enjoy the fruits of your labor, I was at the carnival. I was at the carnival last night with my daughter, right? Like that to me. And it was like, a, you know, it was 20 bucks that I, maybe it was more than that. I, I'm actually lying. It was 60 bucks. I was a little bit annoyed. It was $60. Right. But Hey, who cares? It was $60 to go ride the, the, the bumper cars. Right. Basically to me, that's what's important. Not the 10 closings a month. Now the 10 closings a month allows for me to have really great choices, by the way. Okay. But I recommend for you to consider to take plant breaks, which goes back into habit number two, which is the time block. So consider to time block for your plant breaks. What I do quarterly is I take a four-day weekend every quarter. I take four weeks off a year, two weeks is at the end of December. That's my, my thinking time, by the way, my planning time. That's when I talk to people uh, about other opportunities. I do that from December 15th to December 31st every single year. And then I take two years, two weeks off in the, uh, in the, the summer to, uh, to go enjoy my family. 
All right, guys, what ahas do you have from today's conversation? Love to hear your feedback. Hopefully this was valuable to you. Holy smokes. Type into the box. Zach says too many from Facebook. We have Julie who said, by the way, let me scroll back up. She said, really appreciate you doing this. This is powerful. You're welcome, Damn. Julie. So um, if you guys have takeaways, you want to come off mute or type in the box. I just want to say, I am blown away that you got seven habits all done in 30 minutes. I, <laughs> you were spot, you're the first guest to be so spot on for time. It's like nailed it. Dan, this is such powerful material. Amber, you got a takeaway you want to share? Yeah, that was great. The one that really stuck with me is the, the one that you both were talking about, the taking responsibility instead of immediately putting the blame on somebody else. That's huge. Thank you, Marie. Thank you for the feedback. I will invite each one of you. I do offer a free mini course. Uh, if you visit the website, www.findyourpotential.life. And I teach uh, these concepts of these habits and more. And um, the latest one that's available for you right now is the Lazy's Agent's Way to Success. Oh, I like that title. Well, will you drop that in the chat box out and say it again for the podcast listeners? It's it's the, what's the website called? Yes. www.findyourpotential.life. Perfect. Um, and the reason I say podcast, by the way, we just hit 6,000 downloads. Hey, congratulations. Congrats, congrats to the whole Agent Power team. Thanks, everybody. That was not, that was a team effort. And when, when Dan talks about, by the way, I introduced him as a coach, he runs a business. I say this almost every time we have someone. I get $0. Agent Power Hub will get $0 if you decide to, to go deeper with Dan. We just bring people like Dan here because he's good and I want to impact your life, right? We're just bringing things that work. I've seen so many people that Dan has worked with and he's transformed their business. So check out his, his mini course. Is it what it's called? Mini course, Dan? Yeah, mini course. So uh, the Lazy Agent's Way to Success. I love it. That's such a good title. <laughs> are, are, you, are you back to back right now, Dan? Do you have anything booked right, like right after this? Can I call, give you a quick call? Yeah, give me a call, Jesse. All right. Sounds good, guys. Dan and I are going to have a private chat. You guys get some music. We're going to wrap this thing up. Dan, thank you for being here. This is a pleasure. pleasure. All right. Have a great day, everybody. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.